reports direct from Melbourne courtside and from our offices in New York City. It's the Australian Open edition of the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. This is Ed McGrogan from New York talking to Steve Tigner down in Melbourne. We're going to recap day seven of the Australian Open. Uh, today we had fourth-round matches, and it ended just a few minutes ago with Stanislav Wawrinka keeping up his really just torrid play uh, in beating Andy Roddick in straight sets, 6-3, uh, 6-4, six, 6-4. Six, four, six, four. And uh, he this really wasn't even a... Uh, a horribly competitive match. Roddick never really seemed to get much in on Vavrinka's service games at all, and and Vavrinka kept going with what worked so well against Monfils in the round before, just uh, winner after winner, and just looking very you know confident on court. And he did it again in Roddick. Yeah, we winner after winner that works. That tends to work. Yeah, but um, six. I don't think anyone would have thought when he when he, when he played Monfils and then. Roddick that he was going to win six straight sets, um, but I felt like Stan came out today. He's been playing the best I've seen him play, but he he had a little more swagger today than tonight against Roddick than than I'm used to. He he um, he's got this yell going that's very annoying when he when he wins points. This sort of rant <laughs> scream that must irritate <laughs> really irritate his opponents, but he did that. It had to especially irritate a guy like Roddick. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he must it. have just been fuming. He did it in Roddick's face and looked right at him, which is pretty bold for a guy like Stan. <laughs> and because Roddick will, he will, he's not afraid to hit at guys, which he did in the last round against Hase. And Roddick didn't like it. He sort of looked at him like, what are you doing? But it actually, you know, it may not have had anything to do with anything, but he, he, um, he kept playing well from that moment. He broke him after that and, um, and then sort of rolled Roddick, and Roddick didn't have a whole lot of fight. Felt like Stan sort of showed that he, you know, a little more belief and a little more cockiness, maybe coming from his coach uh, Peter Lundgren, who's coached a lot of big time players and, and knows that kind of attitude. And I feel like Stan has got this attitude of a of a better player than 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 he used to have, and that's you know that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean he he just. He looks on fire right now. I would say, of all the men's players right now, he probably looks the most most dangerous. I guess on any given day, even even putting Federer Nadal, the usual players, into that picture. And I yeah, just the I, way he I, um, just the way he finished the match and finished the last two sets without really any problem. He broke early in the third, and you would think, you know, this is kind of, this is an upset over Roddick. You think he would have. He would have showed some nerves, and he did have some break points, but I don't think it was because of nerves. He looked like, you know, he was just in control of the points, and he knew that, and this was, it was his match to win. Yeah, and I I sent you uh, sent you a cross world email just during the match. I actually asked, uh, just kind of thinking about when it was kind of apparent that this was going to be a win for him. I, you get thinking about his match with Federer. He's going to play him next, and just trying to think of. You know, can he do it to? He's done it now to Monfils to Rada. Can he? Can he actually beat Federer in a slam? And, and I, I was thinking about you know one thing besides the play. Obviously, if he plays this well, um, you know it, it's it could be a great match. But you wonder, I guess at least I do. You know, is Stan Wawrinka gonna gonna unleash his yells at Roger Federer when he when he hits a a, a lob volley past him and that is he gonna have that same sort of yeah I want to see it. like maniacal intensity. <laughs> I want to see if Federer has a similar yell, a similar 
he doesn't do it as often. It's not as not as irritating, but it is somewhat similar. I want to see them do it back and forth at each other. <laughs> the ex, you know, the ex doubles partners, ex friends. But no, um, it'll be a struggle for Stan to keep up that kind of that kind of swagger that he had against Roddick today against Federer. He's not going to get in his face. He's going to just have to beat him on shots. Uh, he can win. He's beaten Federer before. Not I think maybe it's just once on clay, but playing like this, you know, there's no question he can win that match. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that'll be a really good one. Um, I mean, unless you wanted to see Roddick uh, try his best hand. No, at, at, actually, yeah, see that again. yeah I, I have to say I was kind of hoping to see this one. This is a, this is kind of an interesting dynamic. So uh, that's the, how the day closed. Um, before that, before we got to that match, there was two women's matches that um, were going on at the same time and both kind of interesting results. You had... Um, the, the the match on Laver was Maria Sharapova. She got pretty much trounced by Andrea Petkovic, uh, adding to that sort of Laver malaise that's gone on for uh, most of the tournament. And then besides that, at the same time, you had ending on High Science Arena, uh, Svetlana, Kuznetsova, uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova and... Um, Francesca only. thank you, play a 30-game third-set longest women's match in Grand Slam history. Schiavone wins at 16-14, saves a massive match points. Um, you were at that one for a little bit, so what did uh, you think about that one altogether? Yeah, I was in and out of that one. That was a great one. I thought it was great. In the middle games of the third set, I went in there, and you could feel this intensity that they had. They were really... First two sets had been back and forth, and neither of them had played well at the same time. And in the third set, they started to really play well at the same time and had these competitive points that were that were they had a certain desperation to them. Kuznetsova um, got ahead, and she looked like she was going to win. She had six match points at various times um, and lost those. Schiavone blew a lot of break points, and she had, it was two points from the match at one point, and she blew that. But and you know there were there was some choking and some and some and some. Uh, errors, but there were a lot of great shots, a lot of fantastic athletic plays. These two are great athletes hit with a lot of top spin hit you know, hit hit big and, and, and move well. They, there's some similarity. They uh they're good friends. Kuznetsov before the match said they're two animals who are gonna go out and bite each other. Which is oh, no, you know, okay. basically yeah. what happened for, <laughs> for four hours. Uh but no it was it you know it was one of those ones like the Ismail Hood, part of you wants it to end, but then part of it, part of you is just enjoying all the great, all the great tennis and sort of this, this special moment um, of a, you know, kind of a unique match. There was everything in that one in that third set, even, even a call that, um, you know, it's the right call, but, but a call that could have been, uh, if it was a, a, a super feature match on between uh, two top seeds, it would be a call that be dissected in the tennis media forever. It was when Schiavone uh, could have gotten a, a gotten a break of serve, I think around eight eight or nine nine, and she hits a, a, a clear winner. But the but before the ball bounced twice, it went well past Kuznetsova. Uh, she kind of leaned into the net. I think her momentum was carrying over uh, mm-hmm. onto there, and um, so just this match really had pretty much whatever you wanted in uh, in a thirty game ending set there. So. Uh, there's that. And, and as then... far as uh, as far as the Sharapova match, uh, Petkovic, you know, she she's been coming on in the last few years, but she hasn't had a signature win like this. This really, you know, sort of legitimizes her. I hadn't been sure whether she could win this type of this type of match, and she really 
she really beat Sharapova badly. Sharapova just broke up with her coach before this tournament. So she was coming in in a shaky situation. Michael Joyce had come to New Zealand, then he left to go back to the U.S., and they're going to take a break. Uh, so that that couldn't have helped Sharapova's. She had a decent tournament, but this couldn't have helped her in the long run. Petkovic really just outplayed her and then had a little bit of nerves at the end. That's the only reason it was two and three. Probably could have easily been, I think she had a match point to make it two and one. Uh, so, you know, there's another new player around here now in the women's game, in, in, you know, in the WTA right now with Petkovic. Yeah, what I'm actually left with after these two results, because um, Carolyn Wozniacki won earlier in the day and also Lee Nod, and so you have that half of the women's draw left, and it's going to be either Wozniacki, Lina, Andrea Petkovic, or uh, Schiavone in the final. And I, 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 want, I look at it either as do you, do you see that as a, as a you know, the things are falling into place for Wozniacki to get to a final, or is it just that she's so expected to win this um, that the pressure even kind of mounts more that, um, you know, it's, it's a total lose-lose predicament until she gets to the final and wins the title, if that even happens. She's having some weird press conference issues. Today she came in and said um, that she cut her hand, a kangaroo had bit her at a zoo. And it turned out that that wasn't true. She'd fallen off a, or she'd run into a, to a um, treadmill at the gym and hurt herself, but she thought that was too lame a story, so she, she came in and said that a kangaroo had uh, either scratched her or bit her. Scratched her, I guess. And uh, then it turned out that wasn't true. Everybody reported that, and then it turned out that that wasn't true. And she had just, she said she had just been joking. So then she had another press conference to explain that, which was, it wasn't bad. It was, it was funny. And she handled herself well, but she's, she's gotten into this press conference distraction. She had another one earlier in the week where she came in and, and read her own, she read all the questions and read all the answers before anybody could ask any questions. So she's, She's trying to be a more interesting person. She took, a lot of people have told her she's, she's too boring. Who knows whether that will affect her on the court. I see a big chance of her coming possibly from Lee Knott, who's, who's really hitting the ball well. If Lee Knott can keep her nerve, she could easily, she could easily beat Wozniak and make the final. Yep. Yeah, and uh, we'll get uh, the last bit that we haven't talked about today, just um... – Novak Djokovic and Thomas Burdich, they are going to meet in the other men's quarter. Both of them won handily today over you know, really solid opponents. Uh, Almagro lost to Djokovic three sets, 6-0 in the third. And then I think even more surprising is uh, Burdich, the way he just, uh, he just dismissed Fernando Verdasco also in straight sets. So both of them make it to the quarterfinals. Yeah, Verdasco, I'd, you know, in the past couple of rounds, I'd seen him sort of Seemed to be revving up the way he did two years ago here, and then but Burdich just put him out. Brad Gilbert um, said something said he'd never seen the domination uh, in a men's match like that in his life. I didn't I didn't see the match, but but Burdich must be playing some great tennis. I did see some of Djokovic, and he's just really playing solid tennis. He almost seems a little I wouldn't say bored, but he's he's been under the radar, maybe a little too under the radar for him. He hasn't played on the big big court much yet. Uh, he's had a pretty easy time, but he, but the weather has been favoring him. It hasn't been too hot. We'll see if that continues. These guys should, uh, they seem to both be really peaking at, at the same moment. So we'll see what happens there. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, the first slate of quarterfinals are set, and then tomorrow we'll have the remainder of of them 
Um, and then after that, we go into the much later round. So uh, thanks for listening. For Steve Tigner, I'm Ed McGrogan. and we'll talk tomorrow. Thanks. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 